Hi, I'm Albion Lyons. And I'm Doug Weiss. And welcome to Love Life. So we've been talking a lot about, you know, the connection between people, what works and what doesn't work, and should you go, should you stay, just all of those delicious things in between. And today we have an interesting question from our audience, and the question is about how two people come together and what two people come together. And more specifically, do opposites really attract? Is there any truth in that saying? And do we really need contrast or reflection to create a lasting relationship? What makes for good connectivity? Is it really what people say? So Douglas, Hmm. what do you think? Well, you know, I, I would, I'm, I'm tempted to say hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> well, but let, with a caveat here, uh, I think that, you know, I've, I've heard arguments on both sides of this, that people have to be alike or that they have to be very different. And uh, at least in my, in my experience, uh, I've, I've seen both work brilliantly and I've seen both fail brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the, the, the question really is about whether somebody is like you or not like you. I think you know, the human heart's an amazing thing and what, it, it what, what causes us to be attracted to another person is complex and fascinating. But I do think that there is one thing that must be the same. And that's your values. Agreed. I think when relationships exist between two people and there isn't a fundamental um, agreement around what you hold important, where you come from, what your morality is, what your views, what your ethics are, your, your take on life, how you feel about your relationships with others, how you feel about your relationship, if you have faith with God, Mm -hmm. those are really important things. And if they're not synchronous, Mm -hmm. then I think we might add that to your your professor's uh, list Mm -hmm. of um, predictors of Mm -hmm. relationships that will fail. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a, that, that, compass between you that allows you both to navigate together on the important stuff is so critical. I would have to agree. I mean, I just, I, I think that when we think of opposites, people think about it really in terms of, you know, up and down, black and white, they're just so polar. And I think of it more in terms of complementary. I happen to do people for a living. My husband does technology. So on the surface, it appears that we are very opposite in the kinds of things that we do, that our inclinations and strengths are. Um, But as I would see it, because fundamentally, as you referenced, Douglas, our values are so similar, how those values are translated into the way that we live and 
you know, move and have our being may be slightly different, but those differences are wildly complementary in that the, he has areas of strength where I have areas of weakness. I have areas of strength where he has areas of weakness that together collectively were stronger than we are individually. And in that sense, I think that opposites attracting air quote, can be a wonderful thing because of the compliment that you bring into somebody else's world. But to your point, if we don't fundamentally believe in the same kinds of things, if we don't share common ground in terms of we, you know, X marks the spot, we are here navigating to there and there navigating to the next place. It's very hard to be able to be synchronized in the progression of a relationship when you are on two different feet. You're starting on your left foot. I'm starting on my right foot, but we're supposed to be marching together. It's really difficult to do. So I, I, I would, I could not agree with you more in terms of the importance of being able to have the fundamental things in, in unison Mm -hmm. and not necessarily identical, but just that our priorities are, are very similar. Like and I, and then I'll hush. In our family, that uh, we have three core values, and it's God, family, education. We really believe in those three things. Now, what that looks like, we leave room for each of us to express that uniquely to our personhood. But it reflected in the way that we live and make our decisions it are those three things. So I. I I I just am so in support of what it is that you are saying in terms of the commonality of value structure. Mm -hmm. So let me flip this around the other way. Because I've heard heard this a number of times from friends, people who had a a relationship of a sort, and it it didn't really last. It wasn't durable. And the explanation was... We really don't have that much in common. <laughs> Do you think you have to have things in common in order to have a strong relationship? Hmm. Well, I would say on some level, depending upon how tightly your values align with your activity would be the issue of having things in common. If my values and my activity are very deeply aligned and your values and your activities are very deeply aligned, and they are not similar in any way, that would make it difficult for us. In that, if I love, you know, if Sunday morning, I believe that that should be a time of worship, and you believe Sunday morning should be your preparation for the football game, then we're going to... (laughs) Some difficulty mm-hmm. where that's concerned yeah, yeah. because it's a it's fundamental to who I am. So something that is fundamental to me, you don't want to be a part of or worse yet, you may not be a supporter of because it's OK if we may do things differently, if we're mutually supportive of each other's interests. The problem is when not only do I not share your interest, but I'm not supportive of you having your interest that could create some significant division and ultimately the feeling that we don't have much or enough in common to be able to keep this relationship going. Mm -hmm. I I think sometimes, though, that it is used as an explanation or rationalization 
for other things which are not working in a relationship rather than being the driving force in what's not working in a relationship. Because I, I suspect that for two people to be attracted to one another, there had to be enough commonality, enough things that they shared in interest to have gotten together in the first place. Well, I would argue that point slightly. Go ahead. Only, I, mean, I, 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 only in I want to hear that. So many people, unfortunately, um, get into relationship as a byproduct of their visual preferences. Mm. And they often ignore the substantive things that are going to make for lasting connection. So if it is my, my default, you know, uh, way of doing things to look for someone who looks like Audrey Hepburn or to look for someone who looks like Meghan Markle or, you know, to whatever that may be, you know, if that's what I look for, then long before I even find out whether or not we have any commonalities or shared values, I have already X'd out 90% of the room because they don't fall into that very finite box of my visual preferences. And it takes a level of maturity mm. to get to a point where you're looking for more than what instantly is the shiny new Mercedes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I take your point and I think it's, it's exactly right. I think the larger you know, context around that is, am I just window shopping for something? Right. <laughs> you know, am I just looking for the bright, shiny object? Absolutely. Or, or you know, have I taken the time to understand who this person is? Mm -hmm. that am I sport I, that fishing? I, yeah. Or am I serious about it? You know, or is right. this, you know, catch and release? Absolutely. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't thought about, to be perfectly uh, candid, I hadn't thought about the fact that there, there are indeed situations I think where people are not ha have not taken the time to learn enough about the other person mm -hmm. to say this this person really is right for me beyond just superficial attraction. Absolutely, this person is. You know, there are things that I, and I think you know writing the it's it's an interesting exercise. I, I don't know if you do this in your practice, but. Get a couple and ask them to, to write down on a piece of paper what they value <laughs> about the other person. Hmm. What, you know, to actually be explicit, what is it that attracts you to that person? Not allow that to be something that just resides in the background, unsaid, unvoiced, but to actually make it explicit. Some fascinating, I participated in, uh, in a workshop um, in, in which this was used as a, as a sort of conversation starter with right. couples. Right. And it, uh, it really was very effective um, and fascinating uh, how frequently people were surprised at what it was that the other person found desirable, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, about them. About them. And I, and to the previous point about how we are choosing our partners, there is a show that um, comes on MTV called Are You the One? And what, in, in very, you know, quick, uh, you know, context, basically it takes some 20-somethings, a bunch of them, 
together. Each of them have gone through very uh, intensive questioning to figure out what kind of partner would really be ideal for them. And that person is inside of the house. But your job is to figure out who your ideal mate is supposed to be, the, the person you would have the best outcome with in a real lasting relationship. And if they're able to find it in, I want to say it's like 10 weeks time, they win a million dollars split between these 11 couples. And what is so interesting to see is how people come into that house over and over again, and they choose their visual preferences. Mm. And over and over again, because each week they have to find out whether or not how many right matches they figured out. They never know who that matches. They just find out whether or not you have one, you have three, you have 10. And ultimately the goal is to get 10 by the 10th week. So I, I reference that to say that it is it is a phenomenon which exists inside of our culture that people continue to use the worst ways of finding connection that are based on the, the lowest levels <laughs> of real context and the highest levels of superficiality in order to make real connection. And the truth is that until we start looking for more mm -hmm. until we start examining what we really value and understanding who each other are beneath the layers of the superficial we really don't even have to consider whether you're it's opposites that attract we have to figure out whether it's people that can work together yeah. so so this is would explain of course why Tinder or Bumble or, or sites <laughs> right. where you just Swipe literally left. look at a picture of somebody. There's <laughs> no dialogue. Absolutely. There's no, you know, in, 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 in my book, In Life, Love and Internet Dating, I talked about how important it is, you know, to have a decent picture mm -hmm. in your profile and why I could never understand people who would have a, who would spend the money to be up on a website <laughs> like this and have no picture. <laughs> love me because of what I say. The even more inexplicable ones are the ones who have no picture and have nothing to say about themselves. Right. You know, but female, pick me anyway. female, twenty-five. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> what is that statement? Uh, so the antithesis of the uh, of uh, Tinder, uh, but I, but I think that that uh, I know, in fact, that you're absolutely correct that we do tend to rely on. Uh, you know, a, a visual stimulus on, a, on an image of somebody. Uh, something must be wrong with me because if you were to look at the women in my life, none of them look in any <laughs> way like each other. <laughs> yes, we have, to, we have to stop using the least important things to define the most important decisions that we're ever going to make. And our partner is unequivocally one of them. Well said, well said. Another episode of Love Life. Always fascinating. <laughs> Always fun to be with you. Uh, we so much appreciate our listeners. Truly. And we hope you'll be back next week for another episode. Thank you, Barbara Ham Lee, our producer, Todd Washburn, our engineer. We'll see you next week. <laughs>